Welcome to our podcast at Gutsy Conversations Over 50. This is Susan. This is Heather. And we are two badass women who just happen to be certified professional coaches. We love our bold and courageous community who are not afraid to show up, be real and vulnerable as we all embrace the second half of our lives. And here's a scoop. We've made it past 50. We've had our fair share of challenges and life setbacks. But guess what? We survived. In fact, we thrived. Absolutely. So here's to getting gutsy. Oh, yeah. How you doing, pal? I'm good. How are you? Talk to me. What's going on? I'm great. So we were talking before. Yes, about what? And then we had to get off the phone, but we were talking okay. about letting go. So can we talk about letting go? Oh, it's like that's like literally like my favorite conversation. So yeah. So why don't you why don't you give us some context and tell us where this is coming from? Okay. I something before I said I was having a, an issue with things in my closet for years and years and years, right? And you shared yeah. how it's easy for you to you know get rid of certain things and then I was thinking you know hey you know I really want to talk about this because I know you're so damn good at you know your decision making number one but also just the fact that when you have an intention you do it and you don't like clutter and you like min- living minimally yeah and I and I love that but the point is is that I don't know why my closets are full of cold clothes shoes And then before I was thinking, you know, okay, what does letting go really mean? So I, of course, I looked it up. Like, I really know what letting go means, right? (laughs) I have to realize why I've been struggling all these years. And do you know why? Why? Because my mother, my beautiful mother, rest in peace, would always instill within me, Susan, it's better to buy one good thing than 10 other items that will lose its lose its uh, quality that's what I did for years and years and years I bought those one good things well hold on a second just just ide- there, there, you know let's just identify what do you mean by one good thing mm, okay well I'm talking from a material perspective right now that's because yeah. we're talking about my closet that's material and it's just the fact that I have things in my closet for years that cost a lot of money Okay, so bingo. And I don't wait, know why. Yeah, value. Where's the values? Okay. Help so, me. So, okay, so stop right there, right? So that is key, right? Because I, I, I mean, when we say better to have one good thing than you know twenty others, kind of the connotation is that it's one good thing that costs a lot of money, right? Right. But at the end of the day, right, or more money, or it's valuable, or it's right. better quality, whatever. But at the end of the day, if you don't like it, and if you're not using it, what does it matter? And I realize that uh, this might help me really start letting go when it comes to material things. And that, and that's a great aha moment because probably so many people in our community do the same thing, right? Like we buy things and we, they're expensive or they might cost more than something kind of like more, you know, more cheapo, right? And we're then afraid to let it go, but yet it's not, it's, it's not bringing us happiness. It's not bringing us, you know, we're not using it. We're not enjoying it. And yes, it's taking up space. And in particular, in your closet, 
it's taking up space so that maybe you can't, you know, you're not allowing yourself to fill it with things that actually Susan, you know, in 2023 would enjoy. Right. And you know what I would enjoy? Space in my closet. Okay, perfect. So can I, can I just share my philosophy Help of me, yes, please. letting go and clock? Like, so I actually love the analogy of the closet. Like I think the closet transposed into like so many aspects of one's life. And so here it is, right? You know, your closet has all sorts of stuff, right? And if you have really ever cleaned out a closet, if you actually take it all out, you realize that some of it is junk. Some, most of it you haven't worn, right? It's all just kind of filling up space and taking up clutter. And so there's something to me that's so like therapeutic and cathartic and symbolic of clearing out the closet, right? So when you, like when I clear out a closet and I'm talking about like my bedroom closet or a kitchen cabinet or, you know, any closet, right? I take everything out. I mm-hmm. literally take it all out until it's empty. Good time to vacuum it. Okay. It out. Okay. It's empty. There is dust at the bottom. You might not dust think so, bottom, but it gathers. Right? Just no matter how clean you are, there's dust at the bottom. So when you look at your closet, there is usually a good third that you really just don't even like, or it's old or it's gross, you know, whatever. You could usually kind of like put it into a pile. And I'm not talking about throwing it out. We're going to give it, we'll donate it, you know, whatever. So, right. Then there's a third that you really use and you love, like put those things right back in, hang it up and make it all pretty. And then there's usually a third that's kind of like, I don't really know what to do with this. My mother told me I should keep it. Or please, my mother, my parents, when they cleaned out my house, they gave me my like brownie uniform. And I'm literally (laughs) sitting here like, what the fuck do I do with this? might want to keep for momentum whatever but but probably a good half of those could be maybe they're even in the maybe pile right but get rid um, of them rid of so I like to say like donate it there's always somebody else that can use it right and then what we do is we put back the stuff that we're actually wearing actually using actually bring us you know joy and happiness to look at but the point is, is that you end up in that, like, like you said at the beginning, you end up with space, right? You create space. Now you can fill your closet with things that you like. Like you're actually looking at things you like, as opposed to like feeling burdened by things that you don't like and don't wear and yeah. don't use. I'm definitely, definitely going to apply it. What I do try to apply is one theory, which is not as practical, but it's tell me. If God forbid I died, what would my daughter do with the closet? She would throw away 99.9%. Absolutely. And not because she doesn't love me, but because she would. And, you know, on that note, I would actually say, like, what do you want your beneficiaries to be seeing? Like, that's how they're going to see you. Like, holy shit, mom, like, kept all this crap. I would rather it be like, oh, yeah, mom has her three shirts. We love these shirts. <laughs> You're right about that. Because when my father died, I took I took his denim shirt. Okay. What'd you do with it? I kept it for many years, and now I don't know where the okay. hell it is. But I did keep it, and okay. I would smell it, you know. But okay. it's not like I took 20 things that I took. Um, what else did I take? I take, took his tape recorder so I could hear his voice. Back oh, then, it was a tape lovely. recorder. Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah, that's lovely. 
I mean, look, and I'm not saying to get rid of everything. Sometimes you want to keep things for like sentimental mm-hmm. reasons. The point is that there has to be a reason why you're keeping it. I think even sentimental, if you are a person has a tough time letting go, then you have to really reevaluate sentimental too, because that can really keep yeah. you stuck. <laughs> yeah. Like if you need to like, remember someone, then keep a tchotchke or two around, but a big dresser. Well, I guess that's the thing. Like, right. So what do you need to, in order to remember, so just tangent, in order to remember somebody or have a memory of something, A, how many, do you need anything materialistic? Mm-hmm. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. And how many things do you need? Maybe you just need one thing, right? Maybe you need three things, but you don't need an entire basement full of things. I mean, right. that, I don't know the person, but I'm fairly confident that you don't need a whole basement full of stuff. But wait, so back to letting go though, Susan. So I like to think of all of these kind of concepts as just practice, right? It takes practice to, you know, let go or embrace or surrender or, you know, whatever we want to talk about. But if it's letting go, like I always recommend starting with things that are not so emotionally charged, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so for example, in the closet, and I'm fairly sure nobody's emotionally attached to this item. I say, you know, all those like hangers from the cleaners that you get that are now like stacked up and you've got 20 of them, like in addition to all your other hangers and clothes, exactly. remove the 40 hangers, remove the, like already that's like, Ah, you know, remove the things that are just, just get rid of them. You don't need to hold on to them. In fact, my cleaners takes them back. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to throw them away. If you've got a million and one t-shirts, you know, maybe you just want to look at, you know, a hundred. Right, right. And like discard nine, 900 of them, you know, <laughs> but like the point is, is start with something that's not so emotionally attached and it becomes easier. Yeah. But How does that resonate with you? It totally resonates with me. Because it's it's starting with something small. And I know that obviously the problem is the emotional attachment for whatever that yeah. means. So what you're saying yeah. is choose the thing that's least emotionally charging. Yes. Now, on the other side, when it comes to letting go from um, a mental or emotional perspective, not to a thing, mm-hmm. but to either a person or a feeling, it's releasing our attachment and choosing not to struggle. It's relinquishing that need, I guess. In regards to letting go of something that's not a physical or a materialistic item, right? right? Letting go of like a situation or a relationship or that's definitely an expectation, right? Um, You know, you're attached to the outcome. Those are definitely harder, but again, with practice, they become better. Like what happened, it becomes easier. What happened, like, What I like to think of is like, how much energy am I spending trying to like fit this, you know, square peg, the attachment right into the round hole that it's just not going to work. Like maybe there's like, if I can release that and I release that attachment, like, I I guess I try to believe, I, I believe it's all I try to believe. I believe that there is an easier outcome. Like there's, there's a path of least resistance. Like there's going to be something better for me, right? It's going to be like the square hole for the square peg. It's not easy. And it's again, a cycle. It's, it's a huge, it's a huge psychological challenge and a, and a habit. Maybe taking more ownership of our thinking to, to create a new habit. 
of thinking. And new habits of thinking. And I would even say that for me, now that I've been doing this for a while, I also have examples, right? I can look back and say, oh, remember when I was struggling with this and when I finally surrendered and I let it go, I ended up somewhere better, mm. right? Like the stress of it all, trying to make it work. It wasn't working. Like, yeah. And, well, just, and look, I'm, I'm human too. You know that, Susan. You I mean, are? I, I, you I, are? I'm human. You're kidding? Heather Van Spicer is human. I'm human. I definitely have my moments, but I do think that I can release it. I can, I can release it quicker than I used to. That's what I'm right. trying to say. And that's, that's you know? huge, especially yeah. a place right now um, with, with um, feeling more worry. I don't know why, whether it comes with lovely age, but it's like worrying about things that I have z- zero z e z e r o control over. And I worry about it as if it's mine to worry about is if my worry can impact the outcome when it when I am distant from situations and it has nothing to do with me you know and it's so I think in a way it's like yeah not trusting in the universe not trusting in how things evolve and and just realizing that I'm I'm in the wrong pew thinking that I have power and I need to release the struggle release the attachment release the expectation release the outcome and really con- continue to come back to myself and focus on myself, what I can control. Right. And so what, what, what would you do differently then now going forward? Well, it's a hard habit to break um, in, certain, totally. in certain ways, um, obviously. And so it's becoming aware, maybe changing, totally just coming up with a mantra or, or a word just to say, get off of that. For me, I like the word satanama, which is, truth is my essence and to come back to the truth the truth is that I do not have control over anything but me and I'll do that I'll do that during the day I could even do that three in the morning because sometimes my brain starts going in you know a place of worry and I've never been a worrier but I guess life is changing and understanding that I my grass is open in the sense that when I was younger there might have been an illusion that as a mother I had more protection and control and as I'm older it's to release that attachment that any of it has much to do with me except for what I'm asked to help with yeah absolutely I mean you know motherhood is such a great example of letting letting go by the way like I remember you know when my kids like I'll never forget when my kids just a little tangent when my kid my kids were like in middle school and they're like oh can we walk to town and I literally was like, why don't you just stab me in my heart right now? Okay. <laughs> okay. Like no fucking way. But of course I said, of course you can. And like, no, but the point is, is that like, it was like the umbilical cord was stretching. And I think that's a great thing that you're saying right now with, with motherhood, Susan. And I know, I know you're not giving a specific example, but yes, you know, it's motherhood, motherhood period, right, end of story, motherhood right, <laughs> and grandparenthood. Exactly. Right. So motherhood is all about like extending the umbilical cord. Okay. And, and probably motherhood, grandparenthood, right. It's like at some point you have to let them go. And I think that's a great, um, it's a great example. 
right? And part of it is like, yeah, sure, walk to town. Why don't you stab me in my heart and chop off all my limbs? Okay, <laughs> you know, but the point is, is that, yeah, you have to go ahead and, you know, you have to let them like fly out of the nest. And I always right? believe that because I felt very constricted from my growing up, you know, protected, which is in the end, it's okay, it's fine. But with my daughter, I, I wanted to put trust in her, trust in that, you know, whatever consequences she would face by her decisions or choices as she flew, that she would be okay. I believed in her. But now it's another level of letting go. And it, it almost feels like now there's it's not an expectation, but there's a message to really focus on living my best life. And you want to know what, Susan, you said a great phrase. You believed in her. So mm -hmm. what if we just continue to believe in our children and know that we raise them in the right way or not, not in the right, we raised them to the best that we could. Exactly. We gave, we gave them the tools that they needed and they too are on their own journey. Like, is there a way to release that from yourself? And I guess I, I go through this myself as well. Okay. But we're talking about you, right? Like, can we just know that we believe in our children and we believe that we know that they will make the right decision for themselves? Right. Like, and, can and that so, be enough? It has to be. I mean, it has to it be has enough. To be, as right? a, you know, it, yeah, totally. Because I do respect them. I also put my mind in, in their business. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to let go. Okay, but that, but then that's the only thing that you can control where you put your mind, right? Exactly. Right? Everything that they do is out of your control and it's totally. probably perfectly fine. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so that's a cure. That's interesting, right? It's like, but that's the problem. I've never was a heavy worrier and now I'm becoming a worrier. I don't know if it's because I have grandchildren. That's a, that's a different conversation. So yeah. It's the same conversation because the whole point is letting go of worry, meaning relinquishing that string that I have anything to do with the outcome because I don't well you don't unless you're being asked for your opinion yes of course yeah yes and even then you don't have the you don't have control right they're no, still going to do you have no control do. it's you want my opinion you don't want me to listen you know but the but the only thing that you do have control over is whether you choose to stay worrying or you let go of that that's the practice that's the impetus of this whole conversation, okay. being aware that I have a choice and yep. the ability to do that because it doesn't feel comfortable. I don't like wearing it. Maybe this is one of the things I'm going to take off as well, the worrying hat. Because I said yeah, I so, was never a worrier, so I'm, I'm definitely going to, you know, get rid of that. Well, so you, yes, yeah, so you weren't, you were never a worrier. So awareness is always the first step, right? Once you're aware of an issue, then it's now up to you to choose how to react differently and you get to you get to make that choice every day and every second and again it's again it's just a habit because I guarantee after a week or two of doing it it'll become more easy for you and it's also letting go of that part of me period donate that to, to charity part of the whole letting go thing is that you know sometimes you need to do something really symbolic to do those Susan like I used to like when I had my house and I had a fire pit or whatever, you know, right. I would sometimes write down things and be I like, love that. you know, I'm letting go of X, Y, and Z. And then I would like burn it, throw it to mm -hmm. the universe. Obviously I'm not telling anybody to do that unsafely, <laughs> but 
<laughs> yeah, dip it in Clorox. Yeah, exactly. Throw it in some bleach. <laughs> Bye. Love you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Gutsy Conversations Over 50 and connecting with our Gutsy community. For more inspiration, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, love you. Love you too.